I love this thing that I saw recently, this little saying. It says, don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. Well, the first service liked it. (laughs) I know it's deep. I know you're the more contemplative folks who are like, hmm, let me think about this. Don't tell God how big the storm is. Tell the storm how big God is. Yes, yes. Oh, that's very good. Yes. You know, storms come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Some are physical storms like, you know, rain and thunder. I I remember some pretty serious, severe storms in my life. Uh, For example, in 2008, August 2008, we had the EF2 tornado come through Griffith. First time that I can remember ever living through a tornado. And I remember uh, being hunkered down in the bathroom uh, of our house and not knowing what was going to happen. And I, I stepped out of the bathroom into the living room, and all I saw was constant flashes of lightning. It was terrifying. It was scary. And it was loud. And uh, we, we were about a mile away from where the tornado struck. And I remember driving around the next day along with everybody else in Griffith going, wow, you know, what happened out here? And trees uprooted and roofs torn off of buildings and buildings collapsed. And it was scary stuff. I mean, that was frightening and terrifying. I remember a storm when I was a kid. We went up to West Beach in Gary. And a storm blew up over Lake Michigan. And, and just came in furiously and chased the cornets, the entire family, uh, to the car in the parking lot. That was scary stuff. Uh, I remember uh, the snowstorm we had a couple years ago when it dropped 24 inches of snow on Griffith. Everywhere else got about a dozen, 13 inches of snow. Griffith won. <laughs> we won that day. 24 inches of snow in about 18 hours. It was ridiculous. It was more snow in that one snowstorm than I ever saw in any snowstorm in Minnesota. I lived in Minnesota for five years. We never got 24 inches of snow in 18 hours. I had to move back here in order to get more snow. <laughs> Go fig. Anyway... Uh, I remember another uh, storm in Minnesota when we were, I had a a doctor's appointment in Minneapolis. Now, we lived in a place called Forest Lake, which is the very most, northernmost suburb of the Twin Cities. It's where I-35E and I-35W come together. It's way up, about 25 minutes north of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And so we're driving home from a doctor's appointment in the midst of a raging ice storm. Sean don't do ice storms, but Sean couldn't miss this doctor's appointment. So we're driving north on I-35W, and uh, it's, the speed limit's 70 miles an hour, and we were lucky to be going 30. That's how bad it was. The roads were just treacherous. And sure enough, there are people in this world who don't understand uh, how to drive in ice storms. It happens in Minnesota. It happens here. This guy passes me in a black Ford Taurus going probably 55, 60 miles an hour, and he's just zooming by me. And up ahead, about a quarter mile, I see a car change lanes. I said, Shannon, grab your phone and call 911. She said, why? I said, there's about to be an accident. And sure enough, this guy is zooming up, and as this person changed lanes, he slams on his brakes, fishtails around the interstate, goes off the side of the road, flips his car, fire shoots out. The guy died. It was terrifying. It is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've seen some storms, and I don't like them. I never have. Not a big fan of thunderstorms. When I was a little guy, just a little Sean, and the thunder would start in the middle of the night, I would hear lightning. I would hear lightning. I have really good hearing. Um, <laughs> I would see flashes of lightning. I would hear the thunder, and me and my siblings would go to the safest place in the house, 
which is right next to my parents' bed on the floor. And so we would go and we would, my dad would say, he's like, I'd have to always, if it stormed at night, I'd have to kind of watch out when I got up in the morning so I didn't, I'd feel a furry little head under my, under my feet when I got up in the morning because all four of us would be right there on the floor next, in the safest place of the house. Um, so, you know, even when we're little, storms scare us. And, and even as we get older, there's still that kind of heart-quickening you know, when you hear that loud clap of thunder or when you see those clouds start to swirl, storms are scary. Those are just weather-related storms. You think about some of the storms that we go through on a physical level or on a, an emotional level or in a spiritual way or in a financial way. We all experience different kinds of, kinds of storms in our lives. We'll experience storms of, of a physical nature, um, uh, storms such, such as, you know, the test results came back and they don't look very good. Those are physical storms, and they're scary. Or a financial storm, you, you've lost your job or you can't find one. And the rent is due or the mortgage is due and NIPSCO's piling up. And you get scared. It's a storm. It's a financial storm. Or it's an emotional storm. There's a relationship that's falling apart. And it might be with your kids. It might be with your grandkids. It might be with your parents. Uh, it, it could be with your grandparents. It could be with your spouse or significant other. Uh, it could be with your um, brothers or sisters. It could be with somebody in the church that this relationship that you have is falling apart and it feels like you're in the midst of a tornado. Or there are spiritual storms when God feels like he's a million miles away. And you feel like your spiritual life is just falling apart, like it is completely dry, almost like a dust storm. We go through different kinds of storms in our lives. And, and really, sometimes those storms are, are, you can see them coming. You know, you hear the rumors at work, you know, things are getting tough for the company and, and, and you might get laid off. Or you can feel that, that this relationship is starting to fall apart and you know it's coming. Or your body doesn't feel right and you start to, to get worried about your health. And you can feel those storms coming, but sometimes storms pop up out of nowhere. Not even Tom Skilling with his Doppler radar could have predicted it. And so these storms will pop up out of nowhere and it could be something simple like, oh, the water heater went out. That's a little storm. It's a passing shower, but still a storm nonetheless. Or the house burned down. That's a major storm. That's an EF5. That's a, a Category 5 hurricane. There's all kinds of storms that we go through in our lives. And what do we need when we're going through a storm? What do we need when that relationship is falling apart? What do we need when the, the water heater goes out or the house burns down? Or what do we need when the termites eat your home? What do we need? We need peace. We need our fear to be replaced with peace. Because storms are scary, right? Storms can be terrifying. Storms can be frightening. And we need that Fear replaced with faith. We need that fear replaced with peace. And there's good news. Because the God we serve, the, the, the Savior who died for us, He loves us, and He is the one who can calm the storms. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 4. And uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 4. I'm going to talk about the fear that comes with storms. And we're going to look at a story of how Jesus calmed the storm one day. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It looks like this. It's on page 710, if you're not familiar with the New Testament. Page 710. 
Or if you have your tablet or smartphone and you want to use your favorite Bible app, I recommend either Version or Bible Gateway. You can look it up on your phone or tablet. Um, we're going to talk about storms today and a specific storm that the disciples found themselves in with Jesus. Now, this was a, a weather-related storm, but I think it applies to the physical, emotional, and uh, spiritual and financial storms that we go through in our lives as well. Look with me at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Jesus had been teaching up to this point. In fact, he was teaching to such a large crowd that he couldn't stand on the shore and teach them. He had to get up into a boat in order to teach them. So he is in a boat and he is teaching the, his disciples and all these people who've gathered around him. And he's telling them parables about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus has been doing miracles and he's been teaching. He's been doing amazing things and people are flocking to him. There are people around Jesus everywhere. He goes. He's getting tired, especially after this long day of teaching. So look at Matthew, uh, Mark 4, 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, you know what's going to happen, right? You know about the storm. You know the storm comes up and everything. You're familiar with the story, maybe. Notice what Jesus says. Did Jesus... My question that I have about this story is, does Jesus know the storm is coming? I believe that he does. I believe that Jesus knew the storm was coming. And yet, it was his will. He told the disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. Let's go. So it was his will to go to the storm. Oh, that's scary stuff right there. Maybe the storm you're going through is God's will. Maybe the storm you're going through, God is leading you through that. But here's the thing about Jesus when he says, let's go to the other side. He's saying we're going to go to the storm, but we are going to go through the storm. Let's go to the other side. In other words, I know the storm's coming, but I also know that we're going to get to the other side. Does that make sense? That's hard. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. The Sea of Galilee sits 608 feet below sea level, below the level of the Mediterranean. It's 608 feet below sea level and it is surrounded by mountains. And these mountains, uh, the uh, winds will go through, cool winds will blow through the gorges of the mountains down into the valley where the Sea of Galilee is located. And when it's hot and humid, those cold winds mix with hot, humid air, and it creates furious storms out of nowhere. I mean, they just pop up out of nowhere. So that's what happens on this day. A furious squall, Mark says, comes up. And now Mark was a traveling companion of Peter's, and I can imagine that Peter's telling him this story about this, this storm that popped up on this day. And, and Mark is recording these words, and he says, a furious squall came up, and they were terrified. The disciples were scared. We'll see that in just a second. Verse 38, 30, uh, 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? What a question. 
They had seen this compassionate man healing people. They had seen him teaching. They could see the love in his eyes for people. And they have the audacity to ask him, don't you care if we drown? Now, I, I imagine that it, was, it wasn't just a, a flippant, don't you care? But it was more of a violently rousing him from sleep. Jesus is sleeping. What does this tell you about Jesus in storms? He's they're so exhausted that, that he has no idea what's going on. Or he is so at peace that no matter what happens in the storm, he's in charge. I think it's that one. So the disciples run up to him. Teacher, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Don't you care that we are going to die? Don't you care that we are going to perish in this storm? Or do you know what's going on? Wake up. Get up. Do something. Row the boat. Something. You ever feel that way? You're going through a storm in your life. And it could be a disease, it could be an illness, it could be a financial situation, it could be somebody else who's sick, it could be uh, an emotional storm, a broken relationship. You're going through the storm in your life and you just want to find God and shake Him and say, would you please wake up and see what's going on in my life? Could you please do something about this storm in my life? It's a very real human thing to do. The disciples did it. Teacher, don't you care we are going to die and jesus gets up and and i imagine i think that one of the first things he thought was i didn't come here to die in a boat folks came to die on a cross see that's what jesus did he went to the cross and he died for our sins so that if we'll believe in him and repent from our sins confess our faith get baptized our sins will be washed away jesus didn't come to die in a boat he came to die on the cross. Remember what he told them. Let's go to the other side. In other words, we are going to start here and we are going to get there. And we may have to go through a storm to do it. But we're going to get there. Verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. The word rebuked there is the word that Mark uses earlier in his writings uh, where Jesus cast out a demon. It says he rebuked a demon. Now, that is not to say that this storm was demon-caused or caused by the devil. Uh, it's just that this is kind of a, an authoritative word, that Jesus has authority over demons. He has authority over nature, authority over the s storm. The storm answers to Jesus. Jesus doesn't answer to the storm. Don't tell God how big the storm is. Tell your storm. Tell the storm how big your God is. Quiet, be still. And the words be still there in the Greek literally mean be still and keep being still. In other words, this storm has started, this storm has stopped, and it isn't going to start up again. Verse 40, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. He says, why are you so afraid? And the word that he uses there means a cowardly fear. Why are you so scared? Why are you so afraid? I am with you. I am here. 
At that moment, the disciples were safer than any human being on the planet, and they didn't even realize it. Why are you so afraid? Jesus asks us the same question. Why are you so afraid? And then it says the disciples were filled with terror. They were terrified. That's a different word than afraid. That's a word that means awe or reverence. They were filled with awe at what Jesus had done and who Jesus was. They were filled with reverence and worship at who Jesus was and what Jesus did. They worshiped God in in just terror. Could you imagine standing at the edge of the, of the uh, Atlantic Ocean or at the edge of the Gulf of Mexico and a Category 5 is coming that way, Hurricane Andrew is coming that way, and somebody walks out on the beach and goes, I don't think so. You'd think, this is a crazy person. But what would happen if the storm just stopped? The waves went calm the rain stopped, the lightning, the thunder, the wind had just stopped. That's what Jesus did on this day, and it just freaked the disciples out and filled them with awe and wonder. And who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this guy? He is Jesus, the Son of God. Who do you believe that he is? What can he do for your storm? What can he do for your situation? How can he calm your seas? I believe that he can. It reminds me of a passage from the Psalms. Psalm 89, verses 8 and 9 says, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, you, Lord, are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up. You still them. We go through storms, don't we? You may be going through a storm today. You may be facing a storm of physical, uh, of, of physical nature that you or someone you love was diagnosed with cancer. Or you or someone you love was diagnosed with some other terminal illness, a, a disease. You're facing a disability. You are in constant chronic pain. You are going through a physical storm and the storm is raging in your body and it hurts. And it's all you can think about. It's all you can, all you, it keeps you up at night. Am I going to die? Where is God in the midst of this storm? Or you may be going through a storm uh, of a financial nature. Like I said, you lost your job or or you can't find a job, or there's layoffs coming. And you worry about your job situation, you worry about your finances, or the bills just keep mounting up and there's not enough work to make ends meet. And you're concerned and you're worried and this storm is raging in your mind, keeping you up at night. How am I gonna, how am I gonna pay the rent? How am I gonna pay the mortgage? How am I gonna pay MIPSCO? How am I gonna keep the water on? How am I gonna put food on the table? And you feel like you're in the midst of a raging storm in your mind. 
Or maybe your storm is emotional in nature and there is a relationship that you are in or a relationship that you were in that has fallen apart or is falling apart and there's just brokenness galore in your life and things are falling apart and you can't stop thinking about that person. You can't stop thinking about that situation. You can't stop worrying about them. You can't stop worrying about your relationship and it hurts and you feel like you're in a storm in your heart, that there's a storm just raging in your heart. And it could be with a a significant other or a spouse. It could be with a child. It could be with your parents. It could be with a classmate. It could be with a coworker. It could be with somebody in this room right now. And your heart is just broken. And you feel like you're in the midst of a storm. Or it could be spiritual in nature. Like I talked about a spiritual dust storm. Where God feels like he's a million miles away. And you don't know what you did wrong. Remember what Jesus said, let's go to the other side. You see, sometimes we think we go through storms because we've been disobedient. Because we messed up. I messed up. I deserve this storm that I'm in. I deserve this. No. Sometimes the storm is God's will. He is going to take you through it to get to the other side. And so... When you feel like God is a million miles away, I want you to know he is not. He is right there in the boat with you. And though you may feel like he's far away, he is right there. And he is not sleeping. He is completely aware of what is going on. He knows you. He sees you. And it may feel like he's sleeping, but in reality, he is resting calmly because he is in charge. He is resting calmly because he is in charge. Jesus is in control. Jesus is in charge. He is not going to let you drown or die in this storm. That's not why he came. He is with you in the storm. So let his presence calm you and comfort you while the storms rage around you. Because if there's anything I know I know this, the storms still obey the Savior. The storms still obey the Savior. And you may be going through it, and you may not, you may not be able to see the other side. You may, not be able, you may not know where it's headed. You may not know where the boat is going, but I want you to know that Jesus knows. And so I want to encourage you today that if you're going through a storm Cry out to him. Let your faith increase. Let your faith grow. Trust him to get you through this storm. It's like I said, in that storm, he didn't come to die in a boat. He came to die on the cross. He wasn't going to die that day, and neither were his disciples. And the storm that you're in now, he will get you through it. He will get you to the other side. I don't know what that other side looks like. I don't know where that other side is, but he knows where he's going, and he knows how to get you there. He knows. And so if you're going through the storm, I want to, comf- I want to encourage you today to turn to him to get you through it. And if you are, if you've been through a storm or two in your life, and I know some of you have, we've had conversations. If you've been through a storm or two in your life, I want to encourage you to help somebody else to help somebody else get through their storm. Maybe you've been through something 
that you can relate to somebody else and your faith grew because of your storm and now you can be used by God to help them grow in their faith in their storm. Don't keep it to yourself. Let God work through you. Let Jesus work through you to comfort somebody else in the midst of their storm. And when you do that, your faith will continue to grow, their faith will grow, and fear will be replaced with faith. Like I said, storms are scary, especially when you don't know who's with you. But if Jesus is with you, and I believe that he is, he will get you through the storm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, not for the storms, but for your presence. Storms aren't any fun. Storms are hard to get through. Storms are scary. But God, when you are with us, when Jesus is with us, we know that we can get through anything by your power. For the one who speaks peace to the storms speaks peace to our hearts. And we pray that today, Lord, you would do just that. Father God, speak peace into our hearts and into our minds and into our souls and into our bodies. Calm the storms that rage within us and that rage around us. God, I thank you for this story of how Jesus calmed the storm. And I pray for my friends here today who are going through various storms of various kinds and ask that you would comfort them and calm them or calm the storms within them. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your son. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.